Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of a Light Unto My Path podcast. I'm your host, Howard Sides. Um, and we left off the last podcast. I wished everybody a happy Thanksgiving. And <laughs> I kind of I had some, uh, well, I guess you'd call it health issues. <laughs> I, uh, the Saturday, November 25th, uh, me and my brother like to go down and help my dad. Uh, I guess you'd say on the farm, on the homestead, however you want to say it. Uh, my dad sells firewood on the side. It's one of his things he does. Uh, we split a lot of firewood. Uh, well, in, in this year, uh, and I mean, listen, we've been doing this for, for years upon years upon years. And, uh, just so happened, uh, this year, my dad, uh, cut the end of one of his fingers off. And then uh, also my mom did. And uh, this past Saturday happened to be my turn. I, it's crazy. It happened. So and it was the end of my uh, pinky. Uh, don't want to gross nobody out, but yeah, I pretty much lost the end of it. Um, about halfway between the knuckle and the tip, I guess the, the best way to say it um and then uh then our um heating unit has gone out uh this week we found that out it's been pretty cold but we do have like one of those uh plug-in it's like a fake stove so as long as we got electricity we do have some heat so we haven't been cold but we certainly need some uh prayers in that because it looks like uh we kind of had two options we could gamble and then just replace the freon that leaked out with some stuff called stopgap it's kind of the same stuff you put like in a radiator if it's a small leak it'll plug it uh but it is a big gamble and, it, and it's a costly gamble um versus just a, a a whole brand new system so looks like right now we're looking at a new system and i gotta tell you <laughs> uh <laughs> it just don't look like it's feasible uh really I don't know how it's going to happen, but uh, Lord has these reasons. Um, it's all in his timing, all in his planning. Uh, of course, pastor just preached last Sunday on not worrying, so I can't, right? <laughs> uh, I'm concerned about it, but I, I can't worry about it. Worrying don't ever get you anywhere, and that, that is so true. Okay, so uh, that kind of catches you up with where I'm at. I'm not trying to bear my soul out here, but uh, I know a lot of the listeners here already know me and uh, personally know the situation anyway, so I figured it wouldn't hurt much to kind of add it in if I said something about it later and everybody's like, what is he talking about? Well, now you know, as long as you're a faithful listener and you catch this one podcast, so there it is. In three minutes, I explained it what it was. Okay, so now let's get into what we're here for. Uh, we're studying uh, the book of Revelation. We're in chapter 21, and we're down into... Uh, verse number 10, um, pretty much on the end of verse 10. Yeah, on that last phrase, descending out of heaven from God. That's where we're at. Uh, let's let's read um, um, let's read verse nine down to a good stopping point, <laughs> wherever that is. <laughs> All right. Uh, Revelation 21, verse 9. And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials, full of the seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, Come hither, I will show thee the bride, the lamb's wife. 
And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. And her light was likened to a stone, most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. And had a wall great and high and had 12 gates and at the gates 12 angels and names written thereon, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. Uh, now, I have not, I've got my notes together that far, but I haven't like put it in lesson form. Um, usually I just take my thoughts and put them together and, and just list them out and then I kind of bracket them together. So, uh, but we'll get as far as we can, which I think will be verse 11. I think it's as far as we are, but we're picking up a, the end of, of one uh, point here, which was uh, the second point, it's sight. And again, we're, we're discussing what John sees, what John sees. So it's it's in the sight, which is the, uh, the second half of verse 10. And we're on the final thought, thought here in that final phrase, uh, descending out of heaven. Now notice uh, the adjective is descending, not descended, but descending. Now, there's a question. Does this represent a continual descending, as some suggest? Or is this John simply describing what he saw, uh, that he saw it while it was still moving downward to its final resting position? Uh, now, considering what we have been told, uh, that this city will be our permanent residence for eternity, uh, it, it's kind of hard to see how it would keep descending. I mean, sooner or later, it's going to just bypass Earth and keep on going somewhere out in space, right? So, and it's coming uh, like in some kind of preeminent, I guess is the word, contact or closeness to the new Earth. So, it's kind of like coming close to the surface. So if it keeps descending, uh, eventually it's going to crash into it. Now, John Phillips in his commentary, he said, and I quote, uh, there is nothing impossible about a giant literal city hovering in the sky over the earth. Men have scoffed at such an idea in the past, but they can afford to scoff no more. Men themselves can now put satellites into stationary orbit over any part of the globe. The new Jerusalem is brought by God from outer space heaven and made to hover in stationary orbit over the earth end quote and it's very true uh and, and through all the different stages of our his history uh when you look so far ahead and trying to describe something you think yeah that's crazy uh, in the 1800s would you have ever thought that men could fly well they couldn't until the 1900s uh, or, or or travel at high speeds in, in some kind of Iron horse, mechanical horse. Um, yeah, well, when the Ford made invented the car, and then, of course, there were the trains, all of, all of that. I, and in space, 1969, we went to space, went uh, to the moon. Um, it was all thought impossible until it happens. And, and so there we go. Okay, now the third thing about what John sees uh, is its source, the city's source. Now, Again, uh, it, it starts on this last phrase. We describe part of it descending out of heaven. Uh, here we're going to say from God and then continue through verse 11 uh, with the thought there. Descending out of heaven from 
God. So this city was not built up by man. It did not spring up, nor did it evolve. It is simply the product of God's power and wisdom alone. Man had no part in it whatsoever. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11 even talks about it in verse 8 through 10. It says, By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should, after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out, not knowing whether he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. That verse is not talking about Abraham looking for the promised land. He was in, verse 9 says, he sojourned in the land of promise. He was looking for something beyond that. He was looking for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. He knew there was something far higher, uh, holier than land on the earth. So this was a walk of faith. Again, it says not knowing whither he went. He didn't know where he was going. Um, and I made <laughs> had fun with it in Sunday school. Uh, you know, he wakes up one morning. He says, Sarah, uh, God told me that uh, he's got a special place for me. He's got a special task for me. Uh, he wants to send me to some strange land, and he's going to uh, make me the father of a whole lot of people. And she goes, really? Uh, when is this? And he goes, now. Uh, pack your stuff. We're leaving. She goes, okay, where are we going? And he says, I don't know. And she goes, well, didn't you just say God told you he would give, he'd give you a city? Yeah. Well, where's that? I, I don't know. Well, how long does it take to get there? I, I don't know. Well, when are we going to get there? I, I don't know. I, I mean, you just got to seem like she's asking all these questions. You know, um, ladies are inquisitive. They want to know all the details. The, the guys, they're like, you know, just get up and go. and We'll be there when we get there. Um, but he, he, this was a walk of faith. And not sight, because sight is not faith, but rather reasoning. If we can see it, we can determine it well. Uh, we level out the risk versus the reward. Man, that's that's kind of worth the risk to get over there. That sort of thing. Now, remember, in contrast to that, uh, we read in Genesis chapter 13 and verse 10, when it describes uh, Lot, when he was in this situation, that he did something different. It says there that he lifted up his eyes. He lifted up his eyes and he saw. Every, his his decision was based on sight, and it cost him dearly. It cost him dearly. Now, in earlier sailing days, the early days of sailing, when you crossed the Atlantic by ship, there was obviously no marked path. I mean, you know, there was no road map you could follow, no GPS coordinates, that sort of thing. Uh, you couldn't see the shore after a time. Once you got so far out, um, the shape of the earth is round. I mean, you know, you get a couple dozen miles away from shore, uh, there's nothing but water for every way you look. Yet each day, the captain would mark their progress on a chart as if he was following some giant chalk line across the water. Now, when you came within sight of the land on the other side of the Atlantic, you knew exactly where you were. 
And of course, yes, yeah, sometimes you did end up off chart or off course or that sort of thing, but you had a general idea of where you were, as if you had been able to see it from 3,000 miles away. Now, how was this possible? Well, the Kaplan simply plotted their course every day by looking to the sky and determining his course by the sun, the moon, and the stars. In other words, he used heavenly lights, not earthly ones. And we should do the same thing. Okay? Now, David said in Psalms chapter 39, verse 2, Hear my prayer, O Lord, and give ear unto my cry. Hold not thy peace at my tears, for I am a stranger with thee and a sojourner, as all my fathers were. Now, notice David said, I am a stranger with thee, not to thee. So what David is talking about is that we are spiritual immigrants. We are only passing through this world. This is not our final home. We have a calling to another location. Um, an anonymous writer wrote about an American tourist's visit to the 19th century uh, Polish rabbi named Hofetz Chaim. I think I'm saying that right. H-O-F-E-T-Z-C-H-A-I-M. Astonished to see that the rabbi's home was only a simple room filled with books, plus a table and a bench, the tourist asked him, uh, Rabbi, where's your furniture? The rabbi replied, where is yours? Mine, asked the puzzled American, but I'm a visitor here. I'm only passing through. So am I, replied the Polish rabbi. And there you go. That, that should be our attitude. Uh, many songs we sing about being just Travelers and journeymen and, and pilgrims in this land. Harry Ironsides, uh, he said, and I quote, uh, Carrying him away in the spirit to a great and high mountain, the angel shows him that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Babylon was both a city and a woman, both a great system and a company of people professing to be in bridal relation with the Lamb. So here, the holy Jerusalem is both a city and a woman. The city is the bride as well as the home of the saints. Just as we speak of Rome when we mean the church that has her seat there as well as the city where she sits. End quote. Okay, uh, the next thought here, verse 11, uh, starts off with this phrase, having the glory of God. <clears throat> having the glory of God. Is it not a remarkable thing that the first description John could think of was that the city had the glory of God. Now, this radiant beauty of hers was a striking resemblance to her Lord. Now, the more time we spend with someone, the more we act, talk, and look like the other person. There are even websites that depict animal owners who have started resembling their pets. I've seen them. I'm telling you, it's funny. Now, to think how much more we could resemble him here on earth if we only applied ourselves more. If we spent more time with him, we'd begin to look more like him. And that in itself is the true definition of Christian. It means to be Christ-like. It doesn't mean to be a fad follower or anything of that nature. Um, the next phrase in verse 11, it says, And her light was like unto a stone most precious. Now, uh, it does call it by name later in this verse as a jasper stone. So we know that it is jasper. Uh, and the jasper here in the Bible 
uh, is compared to what we would call today a diamond. Now, the glory of God was always symbolized with gold in the Old Testament. So here we see the New Jerusalem as a diamond set in gold for the glory of the Lord. Uh, the picture is like a wedding ring. Uh, we use a diamond as the stone, and it's usually set in a gold inlay. Sometimes it's silver gold or white gold, uh, but many times it's the yellow gold. And that's what it's talking about. Now, New Jerusalem will be a city that will reflect and radiate brilliant light compared only to a very costly gem. Now, apparently, this light will shine through the city as if it is uh, transparent and the light will encompass the whole city. Now, the word light here is the Greek word phoster, P-H-O-S-T-E-R, phoster, which comes from an obsolete word phos, meaning to shine or make manifest, especially by rays, luminous, firelight. The word phoster here means an illuminator, that which reveals the source of light. And of course, this is where our English word phosphorus comes from. Uh, basically, John is describing something like a light bulb here. John sees the brilliant light pouring out of the city, but not through a thin piece of glass like a light bulb, but instead it comes through what looks like a very expensive stone to him. Uh, he uses the phrase most precious, and here that is the Greek word timios, T-I-M-I-O-S, timios, which means valuable, costly, honored, esteemed, or beloved, that which is more or most precious. Uh, Matthew chapter 13, verses 45 through 46, uh, mentioned that, it said, again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. That was the value that it had to him there. Uh, the next phrase we say, uh, uh, see, even like a jasper stone. Even like a jasper stone. Now, jasper uh, is very different today than what was understood by ancient understanding. Today, the jasper stone is opaque, uh, similar to a reddish or a burgundy color. Uh, but the Hebrew word for it is yashfeh, yashfeh, Y-A-S-H-P-H-E-H, yashfeh. And it's from an unused root meaning to polish. Now, the Greek word is eospis. Eospis, I-A-S-P-I-S, Eospis. And it's probably of foreign origin, but it refers again to the Hebrew word meaning jasper. Now, both the Hebrew and Greek words are not a translation of the word, but simply a transliteration, which means the word was transferred from one language to another. Again, the best understanding of what a jasper is today would be what we think of today when we think of a diamond. Uh, that would be the uh, jasper. Okay, and then the final phrase there in verse 11, it says, clear as crystal. Clear as crystal. So that phrase here is the Greek word krustalizo, uh, krustalizo, K-R-U-S-T-A-L-L, 
I-Z-O, which simply means to make or resemble ice or to crystallize. And so basically what it is is that uh, even today with diamonds, you know, they, they have a, uh, a clarity ranking by how much light they reflect, how perfect they are. And this, where John is describing it, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal, uh, he's basically saying that there's nothing like this shining uh, city. Uh, there's no mar, there's no error, there's no smudge, there's no mistake. It's it's as clear as the purest crystal that's ever been. It's it's so beautiful. Um, how do you describe something that's more beautiful than anything you've ever seen? Right? <laughs> if it's more beautiful than the most beautiful thing you've ever seen, how can you elevate your description line to describe that? And that that's the task that's before John here in trying to describe this thing. It's so hard for him, and he's having a difficult time with it. Okay. All right. So uh, we finished that thought. Uh, so we're going to stop here uh, again. Uh, trying to keep the sections together in these podcasts. So we'll uh, stop there and I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you're learning something and, and I hope you continue to learn. And, and uh, that's my point. We're, we're here to learn and hopefully we'll get through this uh, book of revelation uh, there again, man, there's so much, uh, so much to, to get through. It, th th this is one of the most in-depth books not because it's a prophetic book not because it's in the future but th there's just so much for us to learn from from all of these things and i mean we could go back through and pick up even more things i go through and i edit uh these notes uh, right here on the podcast you hear me typing and add notes and things uh and even when i teach it in sunday school or if, if whichever one gets ahead and i'll go back and do the other i'm all the time adding to it I, th there's no way uh you'll ever tap it out it's an endless well of, of, of knowledge and learning. And, and that's what's so great about it. this book, the Bible, and, and the books within it. Uh, they're all the same. Uh, we, we could never tap them fully out. Never could. What a wonderful thing uh, that God has given us in the Word of God. It really is. And that's why we like to study it. All right. Uh, so thank you for listening. Um, and uh, again... I uh, hope you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, please pray for me. Uh, we have some special prayer requests. I pray that you lift those up to the Lord. He knows what they are. Um, remember to pray for your pastor. Pray for our country. Pray for Israel in these the, these time, these dark times that we're in. Um, who would have ever thought? Who would have ever thought there would be so much hatred for Israel uh, in this day and age? Man. I'll tell you, uh, it, it's still shocking. It, re it really is. It's, it's something. Uh, but it must be. It must be for things to come out the way they need to come out. Okay. All right. So uh, we'll close out now. Uh, once again, thank you for listening. I hope you have a great day. And God bless you.